everybody, this is Ed from the Whiskey Tangent Podcast here with another Whiskey Short. And joining me as always is Scott. Hey, everybody. And we're going to do one of our always fun, notorious quick tastes. And Scott's going to tell you what we're going to taste. Right. So we teased this on a previous news episode saying that we had gotten a new whiskey that you could have that month. I think Nanny that was, boo-boo. Yeah, it was July. It was Amy from 1027 Communications. She sent us a couple things over the years. And she reached out about a scotch. And we were like, we haven't done a scotch in a long time. Yeah. So this is the Old Pulteney Coastal Series Pinot de Chorent Single Malt scotch quick taste ah, bonus short Pultney. old Pultney. yeah the cotton is called say Pultney. Pultney. <laughs> i have a few paragraphs on old Pultney itself it goes back to the 1800s 1826 uh, i believe they started scott yes and uh, <laughs> a couple of paragraphs on this expression itself mm-hmm. so uh, we'll get right to it in 1826, James Henderson founded a distillery that he named oh, after Old Pulteney. <laughs> Even I know that answer. <laughs> after the newly developed area of Wick in Scotland called Pulteney Town. Hmm. Owing to its location as one of the northernmost distilleries on the Scottish mainland, at the time it was only accessible by the sea. The raw barley was brought in by boat, and the whiskey was then shipped out by distillery workers who were also herring fishermen. Oh. Yeah. Throughout the 19th and early 20th century, the herring industry boomed and Wick became Europe's largest herring fishing port, attracting a huge influx of fishermen looking for work. After long shifts, the workers would frequent the many pubs in Wick, which unfortunately meant round-the-clock drunken behavior spilling out into the streets. So you can guess what happened next. Much like in America, behavior of this sort began a temperance movement and an eventual prohibition of their own. Oh, this is I never knew this about Scotland. Interesting. However, it was applied quite differently in Scotland. Under the terms of the Temperance Act of 1913, each town or municipality would vote every three years to either ban or permit alcohol just in their area. Even though the majority of the country remained wet, there were some dry areas. Sounds like a terrible plan. (laughs) Like what? I mean, she's you know, from year to year, you don't know where to go and drink. And like, I know. Hey, there's a great bar down in Wick. Oh no, not, no, anymore. not anymore. Wick's dry now. Right. So in 1920, the residents of Wick did cast their votes to become dry. After which, every pub in town was boarded up, resulting in the Pulteney Distillery closing for business in 1930. In fact, the ban in Wick remained throughout World War II, ending only in 1947. But when the post-war demand for whiskey increased, the site's new owner reopened the distillery in 1951. Fast forward 44 years to 1995, and through various mergers and acquisitions, the distillery ended up with its present owners, Inverhouse Distillers of Airdrie, Scotland. Today, the herring fishing industry has long since gone, but Pultley Distillery remains. Their dedicated team, led by distillery manager Malcolm Waring, produces nearly 1 million liters of single malt scotch annually, embodying the heart, heritage, and spirit of Wick. Yeah, it's pretty interesting history, especially the fact that the distillery is right on the sea. Yeah. And they attribute a lot of the characteristics of their whiskey to being exposed to sea air during the maturation process. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is something that makes them a unique distillery. And they're in the the Highlands, right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess this would be a Highland scotch. All right. So two paragraphs about exactly what this is that we're going to be drinking. This is from their press release. 
Old Pulteney is excited to launch its new range of whiskeys in the United States, the Coastal Series, a collection of four unique limited expressions produced in collaboration with spirit producers from coastal locations across the globe. The first in the series is Old Pulteney Single Malt, finished in casks that previously aged Pinot de Charente, an iconic sweet wine liqueur containing cognac that originates from the Charente Maritime region of France's southwest coast. Originally matured in ex-bourbon casks, Old Pulteney already has a distinctly briny flavor that encapsulates the essence of the distillery's location by the sea, as we just discussed. But the further aging in the French Pinot casks introduces a lighter, sweeter layer atop the classic Old Pulteney foundation. Now, of course, we've never had Old Pulteney before, so we have no reference for this, and I've never had Pinot de Charente, so I have zero expectations about but, this. But it's also originally aged in ex-bourbon cast, right? Yes. Did you say that? Did I miss that? Yes, I said it. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was focusing on that very hard-to-pronounce French white wine cask that you were talking Charente. about. All right, so the proof of this is 92. Oh, a little teeth for a scotch a little for a bit. change. Yeah, the mash bill is 100% malted barley. The age is at least three years because it's a scotch, but it's likely older because their base expression is a 12-year. There's no age statement on this one, so I don't know how old it is, but it's somewhere between 3 and 12. Uh, and I have tasting notes from the whiskey fellow, and uh, we're going to taste it right now. Okay. Ooh, Ooh, I can smell the brininess of it. Wow, the nose is very salty. Yeah. Uh, almost like a, a pickle jar. Not dill, but like a brine. Yeah, and I get a little Ooh. bit of a soft, like a tequila note almost. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like almost like an agave. Right. But more like a mature, like an añejo. Yeah, like not, not a... Not mezcal or anything like that. No. Uh, not like a cheap silver cuervo or something like that. Really soft is what I said. Yeah. I like the nose. It's different. I mean, <laughs> I knew this was going to be different than yeah. our, our regular taste profiles. What else you get in there? I get like sort of tropical fruit, maybe yeah, a little peach. I, yeah, I get a fruit note. I cannot ascertain what it is. You put the ass in ascertain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do get a little bit of an orange. Yeah, there's definitely not cherry on this one. And more like a zest, orange zest. It's very, very pungent. Yeah. I'm still trying to get past that like tequila note in my head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of messing me up a little bit. A little smoke mm. in the back mm. of my nose. Just a puff. Yeah. Nothing overbearing, but definitely something. I mean, there's a little bit of vanilla in there, too. Sure, sure. Gotta be yeah. from the bourbon cast. Right. All right, let's taste it. All right. <laughs> that's a scotch <clears throat> well, yeah it's really well made though i get a lot of traditional of the barley and the oak a little yeah. bit of the vanilla um salt absolutely on the palate too like yeah almost like a margarita after you <laughs> sip the rim once but you go back for a second sip and yeah. it's still a faint bit of salt on the rim kind of like that like the second sip of a margarita right right yeah, not, not, the, not right not yeah. when it's all crumped up there but you know like, <laughs> right. like you go back and you still can taste a little bit of salt in the margarita uh, yeah i get in addition to all those that you said honey yeah uh, the spiciness of it it's uh very pleasant yeah. in the mid palate smokes a little bit more prevalent on the finish yeah it's actually pleasant yeah the wine finish i'm not noticing mm. it right away so let's take another sip and see where does the wine finish really do for it yeah i mean i can kind of taste maybe when it's gone off the finish a little bit of a vinegary kind of yeah, like quality a, yeah, like a sweet stewed grapes or something mm. like a, i get a little bit of grapiness on the end a oh, little yeah. bit i'm tasting your orange now yeah actually yeah, the orange was definitely there on the nose, and, and I did mention on the palate, but I definitely picked it up. But it's more like a, it's very herbaceous, it's like an orange blossom. It's got a tremendous orange color, too. It, yeah, this is a light honey color. This is a very good whiskey. What is this a bottle, Scott? $80. Yeah, and tastes like that, too. Yeah. 
being 92 proof, I don't think this is a three-year-old. No, uh, no. This is way closer to 12 years old. Yeah, this is closer it, to 10. Yeah, this yeah. is complex and layered with flavors. Um, I want to hear what the guy said who has a probably a little bit better scotch palate than I do. Yeah, wh- whiskey fellow. So on the nose, I can smell the aroma from across the room. Brine, honey, white grapes, peaches, candied orange slices, and vanilla salt order taffy. Well, we, Holy shit. we did pretty good for that, guys. We killed that. We did pretty good for that. Damn. On the palate, a burst of brine announces itself like Lenny and Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> It's an unnecessary note, but definitely could taste it. I told you it was prevalent. Yeah. Once past that, I could appreciate its creamy texture of hazelnuts, honey, roasted almonds, vanilla, caramel, golden raisins, and nutmeg. Interesting. So he got golden raisins. We were tasting the orange more prevalent. Nutmeg. I don't know that we tasted any baking spices, but let me me taste it looking for that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Mm. It kind of gets lost in the barley spice. You said some pepperiness. So maybe that's what you're... Because it's very sweet. The honey's all over it. Okay, here's the finish. Long and lingering with clove, black pepper, oak, nutmeg, raisin, and brine. Yeah. I will say that this whiskey is pretty consistent from the nose to the finish. Mm -hmm. Elements appear in all three stages. Yeah. And consistency. It's smell honey, taste honey, honey on the finish, orange, orange, orange right yeah no i agree brian brian brian, brian, brian. brian. Yeah, yeah exactly so brian 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 bye, bye, bye. <laughs> hello brian hello brian <laughs> wow it's a sunday here so the crickets are on time and a half but I find this scotch to be one that I like. Yeah, this is a good sipping scotch because yes. it has a lot of complexity in it. All the tastes yeah. that we said it, it's sweet and it's spicy and it's briny and it's got a touch of smoke. Yep. This is delicious. I'm really yeah. surprised that I like it so much. I know I spent Friday drinking a lot of American single malt. So yeah. I feel like my palate's a little bit greased for this. Okay. I mean, this is better than what I was drinking this weekend. That's for sure. This is a really, really good scotch. Yeah. I would like to turn some of my scotch friends onto this. I wish we had more of it now. I do. <laughs> we only I, got a sample. We only got a sample, but we're pleased with what we have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a big pour for both of us. Oh, yeah. You want to go through their other core expressions? Sure. They have Tell the people one, what they two, have. They three, four, five. They have five core expressions. They have a 12-year, uh, 80 proof, finished in ex-bourbon. It won double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition just this year. Citrus, vanilla, brine, and honey, $48. They have a 15-year, also 80 proof. This finished in, in ex-bourbon and new Spanish oak. It won silver this year at San Francisco, but it won double gold last year. Mm. Chocolate, vanilla, citrus, and brine, that's $97. They really go up in price here. 18-year single malt is 92 proof, finished in the same stuff. It won gold this year. Spice, dried fruit, chocolate, and brine, that's 155 And the 25-year single malt, 92 proof, same stuff, gold again, same tasting notes, 510 <laughs> Wow. For the 25 year. And the last in their core expressions is the Huddert single malt, 92 proof, finished in ex-bourbon and ex-peated malt barrels, also won double gold this year. Smoke, honey, vanilla, and brine, that's only $59. So that's probably like a smokier version of what this is right Yeah, now. well, I find this to be delightful. Yeah. We're not big scotch drinkers, as you guys know. Right. We try to delve into it because we know it's the granddaddy of whiskeys. I would in no way say I'm an expert, 
but I know what I like. And normally, I find that I like expensive scotches. Yeah. <laughs> right? Glamouragi Signet. We, yes. We, decided like, yeah. I, we like Abelora Buna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think I liked the 16-year-old Linfitic. Right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, But I didn't like the 12 that much because it's not as expensive, I guess. <laughs> if it's, it's not over 200, Ed right. doesn't like it. <laughs> but I mean, this is 80, so right, so it's not cheap. I mean, $40 scotches can just kiss my ass. And what's great about this is uh, this is a brand that I, one, never heard of before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And two, if I saw it on the shelf, I'd probably just pass it by. Right. Because I wouldn't think it was, I don't know, because I don't know anything about scotch. Yeah. We have a little problem when, when people throw the word old in front of something. We just think <laughs> it's, it's a marketing ploy, you know? Yeah. Especially in America. No, they're from the 1800s, so I guess old applies here, but you know. <laughs> that's true. It's not new Pulteney. Right. No, yeah. that's true. Not for 1826. That's true. That's right. All right. So if you guys are fans out there who listen and like scotch, and you're always looking for that new thing, old Pulteney. Single malt scotch whiskey, the Coastal Series, the one finished in the white wine. Check it out. It was delicious. Agreed. So for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Cheers, everybody, and uh, go find some old Pulteney. Slanche and Sante. Sante.